Hey everyone, this is Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. Where we talk about and review your favorite horror movies. So grab a dozen. And a pint of blood. And let's talk about the 1984 American horror comedy film, Gremlins. Hey everybody, welcome to Blood and Donuts. I'm Tony. And I'm Chris. Thanks everybody so much for joining. Yeah, thank you for coming in. We want to thank everyone who has subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, those folks watching us and subscribing to us on YouTube. Every week we are just blown away by the support that we have received in just a short amount of time as well. We love doing this podcast But when we see people listening, it makes it that much better. For those of you who are just joining us, Chris and I, we've been friends for over 25 years. Back in middle school, our parents would take us to the local rental store. We would rent B-horror, slasher horror, classic horror films. You name it, we would stay up till the wee hours of the morning watching horror films. And then all that week at school, we would have inside jokes and quotes. And we would give each our very humble opinion about those horror movies. We wanted to somehow recreate that as adults, and that's what you're listening to today, the Blood and Donuts podcast. We upload a new episode every Saturday, so make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss anything. Yeah, definitely subscribe, uh, hit follow on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Yes. We love it. I love it. Um, So we start by sharing some facts and like an overview, and then we will give you our rating And then we will go into spoilers, but we will let you know before we go into spoilers. Chris, tell them how that rating works. So, um, firstly, we alternate our movie selection. So, uh, he'll pick one and I'll pick one. And, uh, you know, whenever we get into our likes and dislikes and rankings, whoever picked the movie gets to go first. And we do not know what the other what the other's feelings are on the movie. So we're going into this kind of blind. Our donut range, we go from 1 to 13 donuts. Uh, 1 through 4 donuts is terrible. Don't go out of your way or spend any money on this movie. Uh, 5 through 8 is uh, mid-range. It's worth a rent if you have time, and it's not terrible, but it's also not elite. Right. Uh, 9 through 12 is worth a buy or watch it several times. It's really good. A 13 which is a baker's dozen tier, that would be considered a masterpiece and one of the best or most influential horror movies of all time. Absolutely. It's hard to come by a good 13. Where are you going to find It really is. Gremlins, Chris. Gremlins. Gremlins, 1984. Yeah. Directed by Joe Dante. Producer, Steven Spielberg. He was the executive producer of this film. Um, this is like a horror comedy film uh, where they brought some puppets along. When I was a kid, Gremlins, uh, Gremlins was special, man. Gremlins, like it, it was, it was all about watching how these Gremlins were going to. I mean, first off, you just you would tune in as a as a kid, and you would you would see these Gremlins like tearing apart the city or wreaking havoc, and then and then somebody would come along, and it was all about the creative ways in which these Gremlins would die. And you could kill them and all that good stuff. And uh, and there was video games and there was toys and Gremlins was freaking everything. 
everywhere. Gremlins was huge. Everybody knew about Gremlins, except for you, Chris. <laughs> You'd never seen Gremlins. How did that happen? So apparently I had seen it before. I, I even remember having a Gizmo doll. Okay. When I saw Gizmo, did you I was talk like, about oh, your? Did you talk about this is. with your parents? Were you like, did I ever watch Gremlins? Yeah, and and they were like, yeah, you know, you used to have a doll, and I was like, well, I remember the doll, <laughs> but I just don't remember the movie. Okay, and maybe you know, I just I, I didn't watch all the sequels or anything like that, yeah. or maybe I did, but if I did, it was thirty plus years ago. So, yeah. well, um, so again, this came out in nineteen eighty four. You were born in eighty four. Mm-hmm. I was born in 85. Um, so these were like, so I guess I caught more of the second one. I remember the second one being more creative and they're like, they, they knew exactly what they had and they, they kind of elaborated on that. The second was even crazier than the first, but, <laughs> um, but, but again, I would say going back and watching it for as an adult and it has, it's been a long time for me. I would mm-hmm. say that it was pretty forgettable. Like you said, you know what I mean? Like I, I was watching it yeah. and I was just like, man, I, I understand. Like, I understand why I haven't rewatched this in a while. And I know that's, I hope that doesn't hurt some gremlins, uh, uh, fan boys and girls out there. I hope that doesn't oh, hurt your feelings or anything. I love gizmo. <laughs> I remember, I remember the gremlins. I remember having the NES game that, that had just came out and going home and playing that. And gizmos like running around the house and all that good stuff. I mean, it was a huge, this was a huge hit. Box office success. Gremlins was a commercial success, grossing over $153 million in the United States and Canada. Storyline, the movie follows a young man who received a strange creature called a mogwai as a pet. Reminds me a whole lot of the Furby. You remember the Furby? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which comes with three important rules that you must be, that you must follow to avoid the chaos. Mogwai, gizmo. Uh, What are the three rules again? Uh, so if I can remember from the movie, uh, it's don't get them in water. Don't get them in water. Uh, uh, don't feed them after midnight. Yes. That's the most important rule, I think. And yeah. then uh, the light. Uh, what was the other don't one? Don't let the oh, light. light. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. very important because the last scene, I mean, and I'm not going to I'm not going to kill any spoilers with this 40 year old movie. <laughs> 39 year old movie. 38. How old are you? Uh, I'll be 40 next year. So it's, it's a good 39. I, this is a Christmas film. That's why we're doing it at this time of year. This is a Christmas film. This is literally like, like it doesn't, the only Christmas thing about this is the Christmas trees and people's houses. And the fact that, uh, uh, dude was getting, uh, a mogwai for his son for Christmas. Right. It, well, and the directors and writers, like they had a really hard time to classify what it was. Because they're like, it's not really just total horror, and it's not just a comedy, and it wasn't meant to be a, like a family movie, but it ended up being kind of a family-themed style movie. Yeah. So, and uh, another thing that I read is this: this had some very uh, gruesome parts. Not gruesome as far as blood goes. Um, obviously, there are some deaths in this film, but gruesome in the fact of like green slime for where these gremlins are killed. Again, that's the draw of this film. Um, how are you mm-hmm. going to kill these thousands of gremlins that are absolutely wreaking havoc on your town? And so there was this PG rating that was stamped onto the gremlins film. There was no, mm-hmm. there was no PG 13 rating. Uh, this and Indiana Jones changed that. Yeah, I, I read that. So it, yeah, they changed it. 
uh, it inspired the MPAA to create the PG-13 as it was too violent for PG, but not violent enough for R. Absolutely. And uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I can imagine going into this and you're like, oh, this is just a PG film. And you bring your kids to this and there's some pretty gruesome parts in this. <laughs> so you got your little seven yeah. year old and maybe they're hiding their eyes. You're like, what am I watching? I mean, I can imagine that being an issue. And, you know, they did cut out some of those death scenes for the gremlins, mainly the kitchen scenes um, for like on HBO Family or something. I they heard that. Edited, I heard that. edited the crap out of them. There were some of the best scenes. And we'll go right? again. Again, we'll go into that in the spoilers part. We're going to go scene. We're going to go scene by scene in the synopsis about this. Here's some more facts about this. They're uh, puppetry. The creatures in Gremlins were primarily portrayed using puppetry and animatronics, adding to the film's visual appeal. Special effects team, may, uh, Chris Wallace, incorporated, led by Chris Wallace, who was responsible for creating the intricate animatronic creatures for the movie, um, which was uh, which was uh, always breaking down during the filming of this, uh, especially Gizmo. From what I hear, Gizmo was very intricate and very small, smaller than the other puppets, and he kept he kept falling apart uh, uh, during the uh, the filming of this. Yeah, I read that. That's that's crazy, and that's going to be super frustrating. And I think each one of those things is like thirty or forty thousand dollars worth of electronics and prop in there, that's and security would actually check the people's trunks and stuff before they left to make sure they weren't walking off with them. Man, I didn't I didn't read that. That's crazy. Yeah. And again, the, the second one that came out in 1990, it was called Gremlins 2. It was the new batch, and it was continuing the adventures of Gizmo and the Gremlins. And again, it was uh, at that point, I just remember there was like, um, if you notice in the Gremlins film, uh, Gremlin, each Gremlin takes on like a, almost like a, a character form. Like you have like a Humphrey Bogart type uh, Gremlin. I don't know. Like, again, it's it's... It's kids. It's for kids. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I remember loving it so much. Um, and I watched it with my boys. Uh, and and they did. They did. It, it's a weird film, even for them. I, I made in 2023. They were watching it and they were like, what is this? And and again, when they're seeing the, the gremlins being killed and stuff, they were like, you know, they were they were kind of into it. So I'm not going to say that they were like this. Is, they they mentioned that this is a very weird <laughs> film. And uh, going right. back, and it does show its age at times mm -hmm. as well. Zach Galligan is the uh, is the main character in this, and uh, he does a really good job of just a sweet, perfect, charming boy. Correct? Yeah, I mean, I thought all the actors and stuff were pretty well. I mean, there were a lot of big names for the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you look, if you look at all the IMDb pages, a lot of these actors are mostly known for this movie but they're pretty decent actors. Yeah. Um, you know, only like Corey Feldman and uh, the guy who plays like the banker, you know, they have other like gremlins isn't on their known for list. Yeah. So it's like, okay, they went on to do bigger things obviously. But, um, but yeah, I mean, even the, the writer for this thing, Chris Columbus, he also wrote the Goonies and uh, he produced a couple of the Harry Potter movies and he directed the first two Home Alones and Mrs. Doubtfire. That dude is like our childhood hero, and we didn't even know. Crazy, it, right? yeah, Chris Columbus right. is like he's the man. 
And uh, again, yeah, like Chris said, he he wrote this film, and uh, and he got Steven Spielberg to kind of back it as far as uh, him and his company. Uh, that after he uh, the success of ET, he formed a company called Amblin. Is that is that correct? And they kind of that sounds right. Yeah, they kind of backed and produced Gremlins. Which I, again, looking at this on the surface, and again watching it, you're like, how did this film ever get made? And uh, and 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 you see uh, Steven Spielberg like uh, like again the success. How did they see the success of this? And uh, and and like uh, again, um, as far as like in light of like the films that were being made at the time, it just didn't make sense that they would spend the money that they spent, get the actors that they they got, and then like and again the puppets, the gremlin puppets, and all this stuff. It just it, it didn't make sense. But then again, it made sense for the time. I didn't understand it looking at it now hey yeah even the uh the director uh dante i think his name is yes he's like yeah i don't i don't know why it's so popular like i don't get it <laughs> and he liked the second one better the second one is again i remember the second one more than i remember this one um but i i still thought it was cool kind of revisiting this the christmas setting despite being a horror film it's set at christmas making it it's it's very unique as far as the holiday themed movies and and it was kind of cool and uh howie mandel provided the voice for gizmo in this you remember uh how you know he did bobby's world when we were a kid you remember bobby's world I do remember Bobby's world, but I would have never said, oh, hey, that's Howie Mandel as, as Gremlin. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Like, I would have never put that together. Phoebe Cates is the girl who is uh, Zach Galligan's uh, love interest in this. Hoyt Axton is the dad inventor, the inventor gone awry, which was very popular in the 80s and 90s films. Wasn't there always a dad who was an inventor who couldn't get it right? Right, what like was it? Honey, I shrunk the honey, kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Movies. Yeah, like, that that's just what they did. We had Inspector Gadget as a cartoon. Remember that Inspector Gadget? It, like yeah. he was just a detective who made. He was an inventive uh, uh, body, and he couldn't get it right either. So, so I guess that was just a big deal back then. Hoyt Axton actually was a writer and songwriter, and he wrote "Joy to the World," which was made famous by Three Dog Night. That's just a, like a fun fact there. Nice. Um, gremlins. My goodness. Do you have any more facts for us, Chris? There's um, so many a, as we go through the couple. synopsis. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, there really are. And yeah, we'll get into a few more in the synopsis. It was released on the same date as Ghostbusters. Dang. And the set for Kingston Falls is the same one used for Back to the Future from 1985. You know what's crazy? And, uh, you said of- that. You said that me and the mm-hmm. boys had just watched Back to the Future. We watched all three of them last month. And when we were watching it, I didn't read anything about it. I said, this looks like the the exact set from Back to the Future. <laughs> and I had to go and I had to Google it. Like, they didn't even hide yeah. it. They didn't even hide the fact. Which one came out first? Does it say? or? or? Well, uh, Back to the Future was 1985, so and this was 84. Man, so. I th- in my head, I, I was like, man, they just used the Back to the Future set so they could tear it up because they tear it apart, it seems. Right. And maybe, yeah, maybe it was uh, – just released later, but yeah, yeah, maybe it was destroyed and stuff. But it, yeah, before who knows? Yeah, who knows? But, but it, yeah. it looked very. It looked they didn't change much about it. And that was all I had for fun facts. Awesome! Again, Gremlins, nineteen eighty four, Christmas movie. It's going to get you in the Christmas spirit, kind of like uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, A Christmas Carol, all those movies. Gremlins is like the anti Christmas movie. Uh, I thought it was hilarious to, 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 I was like, I got a good Christmas film for me and my family. And I didn't tell him what it was. And I kind of queued it up there up in the upstairs, uh, uh, 
bonus room and turned it on. Yeah. And they were like, what is this? And I was like, yeah, it's a Christmas film. And, you know, and I hadn't seen it in years, but we watched it together and it was, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, wasn't nice again, but this is not, <laughs> uh, this is not a, uh, this is not a perfect film. There's a lot to be de- uh, left to be desired. And I feel like, uh, I feel like it didn't age well. And that's just for some reason you told me to be honest. I just was not in the mood for this movie. I don't know why. So I started watching it oh, what Monday night or something. Yeah. Uh, or Tuesday night. And I just yeah. fell asleep. Uh, yeah. I fell asleep and uh, you know, my wife woke me up and told me to stop snoring and Hey, you need to be watching this. Yeah. And so I woke up the next morning and finished it. And I was just like, still just like, ugh. yeah, I just, I wasn't in the mood for it. I don't know why. Uh, so, so when I put it on, I was like, man, the boys are really going to like this and stuff. And then, and then I started watching, I was like, God, this is a weird film, you know? And then the more I watched <laughs> it, I was like, I was like, so this is just, I mean, again, it didn't age well for me. Um, mm. why, even while I was watching it, I was like, um, I remember this. I remember this as being better than it is. And again, maybe right. it's, uh, maybe it's gremlins too. And maybe they do a lot more and, and, and it's just, uh, and, uh, again, they, they, maybe it's better, but I remember it being better than it was. Gotcha. And maybe you just remember too, because I, <laughs> I vaguely remember our gremlins from my childhood, but I don't remember anything about this yeah. movie. So maybe yeah. it was two for me also. Yeah. A lot of people love this movie. It's very nostalgic for a lot of reasons. I understand why. I have delved into the history of it. Chris and I both have. So we understand why. But did it hold up as far as in 2023? And uh, you don't hear a lot of people talking about the original Gremlins. And uh, and if they keep it in their Christmas rotation with uh, Home Alone. Like Home Alone is iconic. We yeah. you know we watch Home Alone every single year. We know every second, every minute. Even my kids who were born in two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, they know Home Alone. They ask for Home Alone. Right. Gremlins again. It doesn't. It's not. It's not up there like like that is. Um, and as far as like horror films, it really doesn't like you. You even asked me, is that a horror film? Yeah. I want to make sure I had the right movie. <laughs> like when I was watching this thing, I was like, hang Again, on. Honey, yeah. So text, it's not, let me text Tony, make sure I got the right one. Yeah. This is not it right now. Now what it, what it is, is it's a PG 13 slash PG because it was made in 84. And, uh, you can watch this with your kids. It's a little bit, uh, dialed down. So it, you're not getting the, uh, you're not getting the death and destruction and blood and gore that we're typically used to on this channel. Mm-hmm. Dialed it's back a little. Blood and donuts. It's called blood and donuts, and this is like green. <laughs> this is green slime and donuts. And, and by the way, Rotten Tomatoes give this an eighty-six percent on the critic side, and seventy-eight percent of audiences love this. IMBD gives this a seven point three out of ten. That's pretty high, man. That's <laughs> that's one of the highest films that we've ever yeah. rated. Um, right. <laughs> um, so you want me to give mine first? Um, so, uh, so again, gremlins is a, uh, very, uh, again, very nostalgic film. I love the Christmas setting. I love the actors that I feel like they did a good job. The puppetry reminds me of the 1980s. It's in line with the, with Ninja Turtles and, and the Jim Henson group and what they did, like the labyrinth and all that stuff. Um, again, Jim Henson didn't work on this, but I feel like the gremlin puppets and gizmo, uh, worked well with that. I like Corey Feldman. I like uh, I like uh, the actors and actresses and and everybody who did a good job in this. I like the setting. I like the the destruction. I like the story of the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. 
at times this uh, this movie didn't add up. It was not as entertaining as an adult as it was as I, when I was a child. This film is is goofy, is how I would describe it. It's goofy and it's um, it's a product of its time, which I have said many a times. <laughs> um, again, uh, I en- I enjoyed it watching it with my kids and my wife. And it is Gremlins, and I look forward to seeing Gremlins 2 again and reviewing that. But uh, for this original film, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Uh, Definitely watch, but as far as like... uh just like classic and uh, horror, this is this is a horror channel. I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't, um, uh, it didn't last. It didn't. Um, it, it's not as timeless as I remember it as being. And again, m- maybe Gremlins Two is a little bit better than this. Yeah, maybe so. So for me, um, you know, the pros for me, the practical effects are really good. Yes, they I are. Mean, I think there was some stop motion in there, which was kind of outdated, but. The the effects were really good. Um, the scenery and the and the music were were top notch. Yeah. Um, like we talked about the acting already. A lot of big names, decent acting, and yeah, the story is pretty cool and it's fun. It's fun. You know, I had to go back and and just rewatch it as like a, okay, it's just, let's look at this as a fun movie, and then it it became <laughs> yeah. a lot better for me. Right. Uh, my favorite scene is. Um, well, actually, I can't say that because that'd be a spoiler. Uh, but my cons are. Uh, all the scenes with the dad, like except for the beginning, you don't the like dad in this thing was just extra. <laughs> it was extra for me, and it took a while to set up the fun too. You know, it doesn't really get fun until the all the gremlins start coming into town and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it, it took a minute to get there. Yes, um, and again, the worst scene is anything with the dad in it after the beginning. Um, and I agree with you. I'm going to give it a six. Out of thirteen, the the practical effects and stuff like that really saved it for me. But yeah, I, I just I didn't enjoy it, like you said, as much as we were kids, you know. But uh, hey, there it is, six out of thirteen for both of us. Six out of thirteen. Again, uh, Chris and I uh, do not hold this movie in high regard. I'll tell you some films that I do hold in high regard that I would uh, I would I would say are very similar to this: Beetlejuice, uh, The Labyrinth. Uh, there's a couple other movies that, again, I would watch uh, in, in lieu of this. Uh, but Gremlins is is classic. Everybody knows who Gizmo is. Everybody who knows who the the Gremlins are. And again, maybe it's because of Gremlins too. And uh, we're gonna go and spoil this thing. Are Let's you ready? It. I'm ready. All right. If you haven't seen this 40 year old film, go and watch it. Gremlins from 1984. Kingston Falls is a small, economically depressed town in the northeast of U.S. that had been hit hard by the loss of jobs in the 1970s and 80s, I guess. <laughs> Many of the people were out of work. One such person was Rand Peltzer, a middle-aged man who we see in Chinatown in New York looking for a Christmas present for his son, Billy, as the movie opens. Ran had become an inventor of dubious skills. He made a little money selling his uh, usually unreliable inventions, but it was Billy who had a job as a bank teller who was keeping the family just barely above water. So uh, good job, Billy. I didn't know that he was keeping the family above water there. You don't really get any of that. I mean, well, well actually that it's well, well, so, so the, like you said, that guy comes in that kind of like uh, the kind of, 
he's he's like an ass. He's a, he's a rich guy uh, who's in a lot of yeah. films and stuff. He talks about. He goes, yeah. So my dad is the dad of this bank, and your dad, you, know, you are having to work at the bank just to keep your family out of blah blah blah. He does <laughs> he does kind of say that. Yeah, he, he does say that later on. Yeah, he does. And I thought the, this guy was just in China. I didn't know it was Chinatown. <laughs> But uh, but again, this movie it really just screams eighties, doesn't it? I mean, we talked about it, it being really the same does. set as Back to the Future and stuff. I mean, it just it's totally mid eighties. It really does. Uh, Rand Ran Peltzer, this middle aged man who we see in Chinatown, and again, you'll see as as we roll through the synopsis, he is an inventor, but his inventions are terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. And every time you see right. one of his inventions on screen. Uh, as a maybe as a child in the eighties, you like smiled and laughed. At, like when I, uh, me, older. I was watching. I was like, "Why are we still using these? Like this is a toxic <laughs> relationship. We got to tell Rand Peltzer that he's a horrible inventor, and it's time to get a job, my friend." Um, right. I, like I don't think it's funny that we're like shooting toothpaste onto your face and stuff. Like, come on, get over yourself. And again, and he, shaving cream and yeah. shaving cream. And so he's yeah. in Chinatown. And he's looking for a gift for his son, but then he finds Gizmo. He puts down two or three hundred dollars right there, doesn't he? Right. Well, meanwhile, Billy—that's probably Billy's money, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Rand Pelton, like he was like, "What do you think about a hundred? How about two hundred? We'll do two hundred for it." <laughs> I was like, "Come on, Rand! Come on, it ain't man. my money. We gotta pay them bills, bro. Get you a job." <laughs> Ran hoped to sell one of his inventions to the proprietor of a junk store in Chinatown, Mr. Wing. That's not racist at all. But he not became interested in a little uh, furry creature uh, he found in the back. The elderly proprietor refused to sell that creature, citing that the the Spider-Man effect here. We go, the great responsibility required with the creature. He said, no, he, he literally said with... With great, like he said, the Spider Man uh, quote, yeah. you know, uh, you know, great responsibility thing. Um, his teenage grandson, knowing that their family was also desperate need of money, sold the creature to Rand without his grandfather's knowledge or consent. The boy told Rand uh, three rules were very important for the creature, but he did not elaborate on why they were important. And I like how Rand is just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You go, go ahead, go ahead. Let's just move this transaction along. You know what, Rand? Yeah. That's your issue. That's why your inventions are terrible. <laughs> it's the details, you know. Right, and and it's like it's an unknown creature. No one's ever seen it before. He's never seen it before, and he's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll take it. It's probably an alien, Rand. Ugh. All right, Rand. Did he not watch the thing? <laughs> Nothing ends well. This is not going to end well, like Rand. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here you go. Here you go. Give me that. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, when, uh, we meet Billy, who who can't get his car started on one cold December morning. He gives up after a, after a while and talks to his friend Pete, and then to another family friend, Mister Futerman, who had also lost his job while back. Mister Futerman knows that the American goods which he produced a few years earlier are built like a tank. And that the best in the world, and he is highly distrustful of cheaper, lower quality imports like Billy's car. That cost him his job. Billy goes to his job at the bank on foot, and his dog Barney is in tow and just barely makes it 
on time. While he is at work, he is visited by Miss Deagle, a bitter, mean-spirited old woman who owns much property in town, and her stranglehold on its exasperates uh, uh, many of the people's financial distress. I don't know how they they know all of this stuff. To me, Miss Deagle was just a Scrooge-like uh, character, as far as this goes. And uh, and, and uh, Billy's dog was uh, running around and like uh, and 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 causing a little bit of havoc. Uh, not getting it chained up like it was supposed to. And so I love the music here too with Mrs. Deagle. Yes. Like it it shows her walking down the street and it's just like evil Scrooge music. Yes. Um, but hey, real quick, back up to Mr. Futterman. Yes. Where he's like, all this old uh if like back in the old days, if a machine wasn't working, they blamed it on gremlins. Yeah, I saw right? that. Must be a gremlin in there so, in that engine. <laughs> right. So funny thing, you know, I told you I had uh, was with mom earlier today. Yes. And uh, one of her light switches wasn't working. And I would not told her that we were watching this film. Yes. And she goes, it must have been the gremlins. And Dang. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a coincidence. Did you bring it out to like, her hey, at that's that point? Our next podcast. That's hilarious. Yeah, it is. That is hilarious. I'm going to start doing so this. Must be wild. a gremlin in there. I like Back that. Got gremlins in there. Billy's dog, sensing that something is up, jumps out from under, the, uh, under Billy's desk and frightens Miss Deagle. The bank manager, Mr. Corbin, yells at Billy for bringing his dog to work, but lets him keep his job. After work, Billy stops by the bar where he sees one of his co-workers, Kate, whom he is interested in romantically and has a part-time job at the bar. He returns home and talks to his mother just before his father, Rand, gets home from his trip to Chinatown. I like how Billy's girlfriend has two jobs, therefore, and, and then everybody else uh, in town only has one. What's up with that? Couldn't be that bad, right? Right, right. And even Miss Deagle's like somebody was like begging her for a job or money or something. <laughs> and she's like, unlike the bank or uh, unlike you, the bank and I have one thing in common: right. to make money. Make money. I love it. And uh, yeah, so so we meet Billy's love interest here, and then we also meet some mm-hmm. guy, so, the 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 bank owner's son, correctly, or the bank manager's son. Yeah. Gerald or what's something. funny yeah. is you meet Gerald and you never see him again he is at the bar and he sees that uh Kate is also a bartender I, I know I, I see so so that's what I'm talking about so so we see him at the bank oh, okay and then we see him at the bar but then you don't see right. him again he kind of like lays into Billy a little bit so you think that he like does he get eaten by a gremlin he should have right, right. He was one you of the would hope so. Yeah, you would have hoped that he would have been eaten by a gremlin. I feel like his his part was kind of wasted in that. Cuz uh as we'll we'll find out Miss Deagle does have a very creative death. And well this guy was more of a jerk to me than Mrs. Deagle was. Absolutely. Um and I like how he's like trying to pick up Kate. He's like I have cable. I have cable. I mean that line <laughs> Was it that works. easy? Was it that easy? Yeah. Gosh. I mean you know that usually works for the ladies it does uh, i guess kate just has <laughs> ice water running through her that's veins. how i met my wife i was like i have wi-fi i got cable man. i got cable man i got cable come over <laughs> it wasn't netflix and chill back then it was i have cable <laughs> ran the has the uh ran has the creature at mogwai which he has named gizmo and since a living creature can't wait until Christmas, Rand gives the present a few days early. After the flash from a camera frightens the creature, Rand remembers to tell his son the three rules. 
The creature did not like bright light and would be killed by sunlight. Killed, murdered by sunlight. They must never give the creature any water, either to drink or bathe in, and they must never feed it after midnight. I don't like how the, the must feed it after midnight is just kind of thrown in there at the end. I feel like that should right. be like, listen, never feed this creature after midnight, period. And right. is, like, is that's that the first rule? Is that Central Standard Time or is that Chicago? <laughs> like, what time zone are we on there? Right. So, and and I read too that apparently the second movie clears all that up. Oh, like, it does. Fun of it and stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. I guess I have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. The next day, Billy sees his friend Pete again, and they play with Gizmo. But Pete accidentally knocks over a glass of water and gets Gizmo wet. <sighs> Gizmo goes into convulsions, and five tiny furballs pop out of his back. The furballs grow, and a few minutes later, they develop into creatures just like Gizmo. He is reproduced. He goes to tell his father about it, and his father immediately starts thinking about how this could make him some money by selling these things. Corey Feldman really really screwed the pooch here, did he? Right, just instantly. Yeah. It's like, hey, don't get him whipped. Knocks over a glass <laughs> right on him. Yeah. And that could have gotten out of hand a lot worse. Like it could, it could have been have a lot worse. Like ten things pop out. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this plot point of the dad selling stuff, <laughs> it just kind of died off too, didn't it? Like he didn't. Yeah, yeah. He's like, happen. oh, we could sell those things, and he's like, well, I gotta go to a convention. Bye. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Peace out. Right. Yeah. I again. Um, yeah. So, so his character, his character is kind of beloved by the people who love this film. But I was, I was kind of right there with you. I was like, man, he's a weird, over the top yeah. character. Like, I feel like he didn't fit. Like, he was kind of like southern, and like, I don't know. I didn't like how his inventions were so terrible. It, to me, to me, I was and thinking then every time. I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 sir. I, 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 I didn't think that he would like. To me, he wasn't just a good, like a good, soft hearted dad. To me, he seemed toxic. And needed to to man up and go and go work a real job. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, Corey Feldman, um, later the voice of Donatello in the uh, in the mm -hmm. in the live action Ninja Turtles. Later, uh, I mean, uh, may, was it before that he was in the Goonies? Oh yeah, he was in the Goonies right after this. Oh, okay, so so again, yeah. he was in Stand Stand by Me. Yeah. Stand, yep. Yeah. So anyway, so Corey Feldman, um, this uh, so he was a he was. He was like a, a huge actor, child actor in oh, yeah. the 80s. We didn't know that he was going to ruin this entire town and that he was going to uh, do such just a clumsy move in which he did. Right. Yeah. And and nowadays he's a great Michael Jackson impersonator and has a band. Have you seen some of those videos? <laughs> they are hilarious. I really have. I wish. I really have. Oh, he yeah. doesn't know. He, he doesn't see it, does he? He doesn't care. I don't think he cares. I love that him. about him. Yeah. Pete wants to take a creature home, but Billy thought it best to take one to the local school and have the science teacher examine it first. Once there, he puts a single drop of water on the creature. Smart. And the uh, and a new one uh, emerges. The teacher, fascinated, keeps it for uh, examination. And then Billy leaves. <laughs> so let's, let's, uh, let's not give the boy who just spilled water on the thing... <laughs> the thing you know no, I mean? no no we're gonna get it no no let me take this to my science teacher <sighs> the science teacher uh he, he doesn't do too well with these with these creatures does no he? he did try to give it a snickers though later he on. did i like that he's like you know what you're not yourself gremlin here, here. take a snickers 
That's for those stuff when you're hungry. Why didn't the commercial uh, have that <laughs> as one? You know, they the first have. one. Yeah, like you're not yourself. Like, <laughs> Billy discovers it, that the it new- turns into a dog or something. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Billy discovers that the new creatures' personalities are uh, uh, markedly different from Gizmo's. Gizmo is friendly and playful, but the new creatures are mean, nasty, and destructive. One of them has a white mohawk, which Billy names Stripe. He's the leader of the new pack. Stripe tries to bite Billy's hand. And when he, go, uh, when he goes to pet it, that evening Billy finds his dog Barney hanging from some Christmas lights outside. Uh, th- there was a fact that originally the, they were going to kill that dog. Yeah, I read and, that. And Christopher Columbus is uh, writing. They were going to kill that dog. But but they were like, uh, nah, we're going to make this a family film. And that was probably pretty smart. That was probably smart. Yeah. I'd say so. He immediately suspects uh, Miss Deagle, but there was no footprints anywhere outside. Rand tells Billy that he would take Barney with him when he goes to an upcoming inventor's convention where he hoped to peddle his wares some more. Later, Billy stops by the bargain and sees Kate persuade a very drunk, uh, dejected Mr. Fooderman to walk home instead of driving. Billy walks Kate home. And on the way, she tells him that she dislikes Christmas. But then she gets defensive when he asks why. Just as they arrive at Kate's place, Billy asks her out, and she accepts. Later on, we get to hear why she hates Christmas so much, and it's one of it's one of the most. It, it's like I just laughed out loud when I heard it. I was just like, "Oh my right. god, why did they put this in this film? Like, it made no sense. It didn't belong there." She said it, yeah. and I just like I guess it just adds to the the craziness and weirdness of this film, and maybe that's yeah. why people love it so much. But I just I just laughed. I was like, I cannot believe they allowed that to stay in there. It is so funny. I'm with you. I was audibly laughing, and uh, yeah, they had there was a, a debate about it, and you know they even went to Steven Spielberg, and he's like, it's Dante's film if he wants it in there. Just leave it in there. So Dante, you know, yeah, they left it. Um, and I like how that's a really awkward way to ask her out. She's like obviously pissed off. She's doesn't want to talk anymore. And he's like, hey, do you wanna go out? Let's go out sometime. Maybe let's go out sometime. All right. If, I get, I get and if I was in this movie, um, I would just be waiting it out with Fetterman at the bar. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> Why is that? Just, I wouldn't want a part of it. Just, That's smart. No I thanks. Like that. I'll I just like hang that. out with Fetterman. <laughs> that night, Billy is reading and his uh, reading. And the, why is Billy reading? Ugh, what a nerd! What a loser! This uh, anyway. And his creatures are clamoring to be fed. He looks over at the clock and he realizes it's eleven thirty-five. So Billy goes and gets the creatures some fried chicken. It's not fried chicken. It looks raw, doesn't it? It looks raw. It looks t- there's no breading on this. Anyway, and he's which, like taking it and he hits it on his bed and stuff. And you know, me being the germaphobe, I'm yeah. like, ah, Ugh. go wash the sheets. That's all over the bed. And it like does a close up of them eating the chicken. And you see like the slime, like like <laughs> it's definitely raw. Chicken. Oh, it's so gross. Anyway, um, the creatures devour except uh, except Gizmo. Gizmo Gizmo has has standards. He you know does. what I mean? That's what I like about him. He's like, I'm not going to eat. 
I'm not. He knows. Yes. He knows. But we find at the end that he can say, blah, 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 blah. Why didn't he say, don't fool them, Don't fool them. I wish he would have said that, you know? <laughs> right. You know, he can say yeah, something. Uh, he can say, you're nailing the impressions. Thank man. you, man. I've been, wor- I've been working on that for a while. I was like, oh, we're doing that. We're doing that Gremlins episode. I really need to brush up on my gizmo. Gizmo, That's why you had to reschedule. Yes, I was. We have tried to do this episode so many times, <laughs> and it just didn't happen. I had to reschedule. Anyway, Gizmo refuses to eat chicken because Gizmo knows it's it's midnight. Meanwhile, at the school, mm-hmm. the science teacher antagonizes the creature in his care by performing blood tests on it. After working well into the night, the teacher leaves around two thirty a.m. And he left half of a sandwich there on the table, which the creature can reach from his cage. And he eats it. The next day is Christmas Eve. In the morning, Rand has already left with Barney for the convention. Billy asks his mother to come upstairs and look. All of the creatures have disappeared, except for Gizmo. They have been replaced by soccer ball-sized cocoons, which appear inert. His mother asks if he fed them after midnight. Billy looks over at the clock, which still reads 1135. He checks it and discovers that the wires were deliberately chewed up. So it was really after midnight when he fed them. What a huge mistake. Everyone is so just lackadaisical about this new creature that no one knows about. I'm telling you. Let's just feed it chicken. Let's draw some blood from it. Let's like... You know, nobody goes and tells like the authorities or calls a scientist or any of that crap. Somebody gave me a hermit crab once, and I did so much research on it that I went and spent $185 on the hermit crab on a bigger, on a bigger, uh, like environment for it, the the right food, substrate for this hermit crab. Yet when Gizmo, who is this alien like creature, is given to Billy, they don't, no research is done. They don't care. Yeah. The three rules that are given, they just don't. There's yeah, again, like you said, they don't listen. <laughs> this is the crazy. Like right. again, you're sitting there rolling your eyes. You're like, what is going on here? Right. And those little cocoon things remind me of like the alien pods. Didn't yeah. They? I would call the federal government at this point. I have alien <laughs> pods in my attic. What are we like, going to no, do? No, sir. Haven't you seen aliens? It's like yeah, that. This come, is bad. Come check this out. This is bad. This is really bad. Anyway, in the afternoon, Rand Peltzer calls home uh, from the from the convention. Um, it was out of his his league. The inventors there are far more advanced than he was. Actually, if you see this scene, there's a lot of uh, you can see Steve, Steven Spielberg rolling around in a in a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of lots of. Uh, we're we're not going to hit them all, but there's lots of like cameos of like famous, uh, famous uh, people from the film and 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 uh, mm-hmm. famous scenes that were in, in like films from yesteryear and stuff of the such. Um, we're not going to touch on all of those, but uh, that that is uh, something that maybe you want to look into if you're a big fan of this. It would yeah. be late into Every, the night. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah the uh, the the makeup guy or the special effects guy was one of them too. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, they yeah, put a lot, they cool. put they try to fit in a lot of guys in, into this film uh, that that were a part of this film, and so they could have cameos and stuff, including Steven Spielberg, which I, I did notice uh, even before I read that up. I was like, oh, that's Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Billy and Pete meet the science teacher at the school. The creature has undergone a similar transformation. The teacher refers to it at the pupil stage. Afterwards, the bell rings, and the teacher wishes his departing students a merry Christmas. 
as he would see them after winter break. Just around that time, the cocoons start to hatch at the Peltzer house. A terrified gizmo takes refuge inside a football helmet, and the teacher calls Billy at the bank, telling him they've hatched. And Billy, who is just getting off of work, runs to the school. There he finds that the creature has killed the teacher and shoved his syringe from the blood test into his butt. Immediately alarmed, he reaches for the phone, but a chewed or clawed hand rises up and bats him away. That was a really cool, uh, that was a cool jump scare. Oh, yeah, that was a, a good one. That was kind of like the first jump scare. First jump that scare was... and probably the only one that I really like. I was like, oh, oh, that was good. So I remember <laughs> writing that down in my notes. I was like, man, that's a pretty good jump scare there. He follows the creature throughout the building and gets his first look at it. Uh, it's reptilian looking. Uh, it looks, uh, he takes another swipe at him and it, uh, it's much bigger than before. But it's even more malicious, and it has teeth, razor-sharp claws, and it's ready to cause some havoc. Um, and, and I thought the effects, again, I thought it was cool. Um, and this is kind of where you're like, okay, finally it's going to start picking up. Here we go, baby. kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the creature escapes. Meanwhile, at the Belter house, the creatures have pulled Gizmo from his hiding place and are busy torturing him. Billy's mother hears sounds upstairs and goes up with a knife to investigate. She finds nothing except the five hatched cocoons. Just then Billy calls her from the school, warning her to leave the house immediately. But one of the creatures disconnects the phone. Then she hears noises downstairs, goes to investigate and she sees the creatures making a mess of the place. To me, this is the best part of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff to say after we talk about the, uh, the mom and the versus the gremlins here. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, again, this is where I was just like, I mean, we're sitting there, we're audibly saying, yeah, get her, you know, get them. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, uh, this is, this is definitely the best part of the movie using household items. She kills the creatures one at a time. One of them was eating out of the blender and she switched it on killing that one. She used cooking spray and, uh, and, and puts the other and uh, another one into the microwave in which she switches on, causing it to explode. She stabbed a third one on the kitchen counter, and when she stabbed it, she's like, <laughs> she like, I mean, she was looking like crazy. Yeah, I think my favorite was the microwave. That looked really gross, dude. It looks disgusting. Billy just arrives and he sees that. Uh, he grabs a sword there on the wall, and because uh, the Christmas tree, the one that in the Christmas tree is kind of attacking his mom at that time, mm-hmm. and like she's kind of in, incapacitated, and he picks up that sword and and he uh, skewers one and like throws it into the fire, right? Right. Yeah. He sliced the head off, and it goes into the fire. And I was thinking, what if the fourth rule was like, whatever you do, <laughs> don't chop off their head. Whatever let it you get do. into the fire. That's hilarious. Like, that's more important than Whatever you don't like, do, don't burn these creatures. <laughs> <laughs> don't microwave it or whatever. Yeah, hey, you'll uh, have 17 gremlins <laughs> pop up, man. That's hilarious. Right. It, so some people, you know, some people keep like weapons strategically placed around their house, you know, in case intruders come in. Well, uh, this lady has like TV trays. <laughs> Like just stashed right at like where she is, you know. Hilarious. That's what that's what we do. We keep TV trays around the house. I do the same thing. Comes in. I do the same yeah, thing. You got to. And uh, you know those, uh, you know those dumb questions like, who would you want with you in a zombie apocalypse? Like Keanu Reeves or 
Woody Harrelson from Zombieland. Um, this lady is my pick. I we mean, want she Billy's mom. Strategically, you know, she took out three of them in like three minutes. When you see her stabbing that freaking, I mean, she's like, yeah. she goes down with such force and just look at her face. Look at her face. I mean, this is like, right. I mean, I'm just like, yes, get him, get him. I mean, we're sitting and there she, like, yeah, cheering her on. And she grabbed the flea and tick stuff that was just oh, on the kitchen yeah. counter there and sprayed it in his eyes. Yeah, she's she was freaking amazing. She's the best part about this movie. And what's crazy is he Billy takes her to a neighbor's house. And then she's gone. Gone for the rest of the movie. Man, that's crazy. Come on. Imagine, imagine Batman christian christian bale uh you just take you just take, like he, he like you take batman just put him put him at a friend's house right you know what i mean yeah and like yeah, hey right out the rest of the movie with robin yeah like, <laughs> what come on yeah you don't do that they did it here they did that here billy grabs gizmo and they they attract uh the creature to the ymca where it's broken in the creature takes another swipe at him and billy just in time sees it jump into the freaking pool multiplying billy he's hopelessly outnumbered he retreats from the ymca a few minutes later thousands of gremlins are emerging billy returns home and takes his mother to see a doctor for the wounds and and uh, inflicted by the fourth gremlin then he goes to the police station and the cops just like make fun of him uh at that point which right. it's well, frustrating drunk, to right? even watch yeah they're like drinking and they're like i mean they're frustrating to watch yeah I'm never a big fan of when cops get involved in movies and just kind of like derail the plot yeah. or the protagonist yeah. or whatever. I just, I can't stand it. Yeah, it get, it'll get on your nerves. The gremlins are busy little creatures. They're setting out to destroy as much as they can. They're injuring a man who is putting mail in a mailbox. They're tampering with electrical grid, causing sparks to fly everywhere throughout this town. This town is just going crazy. They're causing car wrecks. They're making all kinds of lights. At intersections go green. They kill Miss Deagle by tampering with her stair lift, making it go so fast it flings her out of an upstairs window. That's one of the things about this film. Uh, they go they go so far to make you fear these gremlins uh, as uh, you're sitting there as an audience, but you're also kind of like cheering them on when they do stuff like that and they kill Miss Deagle. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah and it so seems like they just had fun uh, destroying the whole town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had a blast doing it and it it did look cool that was the cool part of it was the effects and the tearing down of everything absolutely and um you see that same thing when spielberg does like jurassic park you know you see that jerk who gets eaten off the toilet you know what i mean by yeah. the, by the t-rex so so at, at one point you're you're fearing the t-rex but at the same point you're seeing him like do revenge for the audience <laughs> as well so, so, so gremlins right. kind of, they kind of do that, which is, I think is very cool. It's very creative as far as that goes. Yeah. They get into a uh, Futerman snowplow, which uh Futerman kind of said that earlier. He said the uh, friggin' gremlins and you know, all that stuff. They use it to demolish half of his house. They dis, di uh, disable the brakes on the police car. So when the cops are going to the Futermans, they wreck their car. Pete manages to keep the gremlins at bay from his bedroom window. Billy gets his unreliable car. And at this time it starts without any issues he goes to the bar to check on kate who is being held hostage by these gremlins the gremlins have occupied the bar and are drinking beer getting drunk playing cards and cheating and being caught break dancing playing with the ceiling fans tearing up stuff as best they can um this is a this is a very long scene and again uh during the making of it they, they shot this for two months is that correct yeah 
Yep, two months to shoot. Hundreds. And it was mostly, I think, after production. It yeah. was like after most of the other film was done. Yeah. All they just the, went crazy. All they needed was uh, was Kate in there to kind of like serve them drinks. And and uh, th- this one is like, th- these are the kind of scenes that I remember as a kid. It's the gremlins kind of taking on character traits and like old actor traits and all that good stuff. And I remember from the second one especially, like one's like, I'm melting, I'm melting. And you kind of, in this one though, you see like a, a Humphrey Bogart kind of guy. He's wearing the hat. He's smoking a cigarette, and you're yeah. seeing him play cards and stuff like that. I don't know. One of them's like a flasher. Like yeah, a- <laughs> he's like he has his trench coat. He's open it. Like this, this is what this film is all about. And I'm glad. I'm glad that they did this bar scene because uh, if they would have left this out, I feel like it would have been you. We wouldn't be talking about this film right now. Right. Yeah. This one kind of really solidified it as a you know a cool you know, puppeteer type movie, yeah. cool effects and props and stuff. Yeah. If this was not in the film, your I agree. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as popular. Kate, um, she she's quick on the uptake. So she picks up a camera and she starts taking taking pictures. She realizes that the flash is is really uh is really hurting them, you know. She gets to the door, mm-hmm. she's confronted by another gremlin wearing sunglasses and holding a gun. Even this gremlin's forced to retreat when the glare of Billy's headlights eliminate the bar and Kate lives with, leaves with Billy. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Rand Pelter is still on his way home, and he stops at a gas station. This is kind of just like side plot uh, here, where he's like kind of like trying right. to trying to smell uh, sell his little uh, smokeless ashtray, which is a a piece of crap as well. Extra, yeah, just extra. Next, yeah, and so uh, so Kate, uh, you know, they kind of get uh, get, get around to Kate, and Kate finally tells uh tell the story of when she was a little girl her father <laughs> disappeared without a trace on christmas eve he he didn't turn up on christmas either he was discovered dead several days later he was in the chimney where he was dressed as santa claus and he'd been hoping to surprise kate but it slipped broke his neck and his body got stuck in the chimney like this is the weirdest story you don't need it in there it's nuts but man uh, that is funny i remember laughing out loud it was <laughs> so funny like it's just out of place <laughs> it is so out of place so after telling this story they noticed that calm has returned to the town and that all the lights are on figuring that they must have uh they must all be someplace dark they go to the local movie theater where sure enough all the gremlins are inside watching snow white and loving it they go to the cellar and they turn on the gas and leave some burning newspapers and towels intending to destroy the building with the creatures inside of it. Just as they are leaving, the gremlins detect their presence and they go after them. Kate and Billy, who still have gizmo, flee through the back door with the gremlins in hot pursuit. They manage to barricade that door, trapping the gremlins inside. After a few minutes, the gas leak causes an explosion and all the gremlins are killed not all of them though right chris not all of them but um it's really nice of 99 percent of the gremlins to all huddle into one place that made it very convenient when i was watching the movie and i saw the that th- so it shows this it's like this claymation animation yeah. of all thousands thousands of gremlins walking up the street about to take over this town and then it shows like two or three over here two or three over here remember the two or three like uh, eating Santa, Santa Claus's face or something like that. And the cops are sitting yeah. there talking about it like, uh, uh, let's get out of here. You know what I mean? So you, I, I was thinking right. the same thing. I was like, so how are, how are they going to get all of these gremlins? 
Right. They're everywhere. Because if they were smart, they would jump back in the water at the Y. Like, any, right? any one like, of them. Any one of them. Yeah. But uh, no. Just do it over again. Stripe, Stripe must have been like, come on, let's go. And like, and, <laughs> and, and call, yeah, I called them all down. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, not all of them. Kate spots one survivor at Stripe. He's in the window of Montgomery Ward's department store. He's left the theater briefly to obtain food, and he saw the explosion. Determined not to let Stripe escape, Billy and Kate break into the store. Billy takes a bat and goes after Stripe, while Kate gets into the back room and starts looking for anything useful, such as lights. Stripe uses items that he finds in the store to attack Billy, a tennis ball launcher, a small crossbow, later a chainsaw. This is a fun scene. Yeah. When they're in and this I mean, like, store you know, and yeah, go ahead. Right. And, I mean, you know how to kill them by now. Yeah. They should be loading up on like disposable cameras and this should have been done already. You know, crap like that. Yeah. But anyway, it is what it is. Kate's in the back room and she finds a set of circuit breakers and she starts uh, turning stuff on randomly, the background music system, some lights, a water fountain. Billy is using the bat to defend himself from Stripe's chainsaw when the lights come on, distracting Stripe, who has to retreat. By this time... So that was... Sorry, I had a note No, 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 you're good. Um, this was actually the actor who played Billy's idea. He's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I had a, ch I had a bat? And then Stripe is coming at me with a chainsaw, and I was fending him off. And uh, the director was like, yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. So they put that in there. Oh, I love that. Pretty that, cool. I, I read a lot of that, like where, where the director was like, very like, yeah, that sounds great. Where like yeah. the cast and stuff was just putting ideas in there. Like, it'd be cool if the, a gremlin was doing this. It'd be cool if a gremlin was doing this. And like the fact that it just took so long and stuff, it was because they were, it, he was very up on putting their ideas in this film. And I think that's really cool of that director for doing that. Yeah, for sure. By this time, the first light of dawn is visible in the east. It's Christmas morning. Rand and the dog are finally getting back into town, but Barney barks at the broken window. Uh, of the store and jumps out of the car into the store. A cranky ran, parks the car and follows him. Gizmo has left Billy's backpack and is now roaming that store. And he and Barney meet once more. Gizmo has found a toy car, like a Barbie car, to drive around in. They finally locate Stripe, who has discovered the water fountain and also found Montgomery Ward's gun sale counter. Billy rushes into the garden area with the fountain, only to find Stripe poised to reproduce again stripe shoots the gun but misses it's gizmo to the rescue as he drives his toy car up a leaning shovel flying through the air and striking the window shades one of the shades rolls up all the way to the top letting in streaming sunlight directly onto stripe killing stripe as billy watches stripe melts into a puddle of gunk and falls into the water that was cool. That yeah, was that was cool a cool effect, effect there, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of bubble, like bubbles just... around and slime and shows Stripe's yeah. sca uh, skull. That's pretty cool. I like that. It looked like as he was like disintegrating, it was like a balloon deflating or something. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty cool effect. Very typical of good eighties horror. You want the you want the final yeah. kind of like you know, like what is that, uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, where they finally yeah. he finally kills out and they're like the grits are like coming out and the in the in the bugs and all that good stuff. I love that. <laughs> Where it takes a good three minutes yeah, to it should. finally die. In the nineteen eighties, when you kill the final boss, it should take three <laughs> minutes 
to for that for that boss to die. Absolutely. And if it doesn't, you just made a suck movie, you know? <laughs> Kate and Rand arrive in the room and see that the uh, see the mess stripes decaying body jumps out of the fountain for one last scare, as it should in every eighties horror film. But he can't handle the sunlight. He collapses. They all return home. And that evening, the Peltzers are just watching the news about the destruction where it described as a series of unexplained accidents and fires. They are confronted by the owner of the Chinese junk shop, proven once again that the only person who can be trusted to properly take care of and contain the Mogwai, who knew exactly where to go once he heard the news. The Chinese man. Yeah. Can, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that was the biggest jump scare was the Chinese guest in there for me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Maybe it's because I was half asleep, but I was like, oh. He, he was like, you, you, uh, American, you Western society, y'all cannot, y'all cannot, <laughs> you're too careless with the Mogwai. He really downed us there. Yeah, he really, it, that hurt my feelings. I was like, forget you, man, bro. All right. But he's right. He was, he was totally right. <laughs> he returns Rand's $200, which, which that's what I was worried about. I wasn't worried <laughs> so much as, the uh as like the federal government coming in and arresting Billy and his dad for for the for the murders of the town and the destruction that it caused and the fact yeah. that millions of dollars oh mi- billions as far as like FEMA like having to be online to to correct some of the the electric grid and stuff and the the damage that had happened because of their <laughs> negligence I wasn't worried about that I was worried about this inventor getting his two hundred dollars back. From this Chinese man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. It's important. Yes. He takes Gizmo back before he goes. Gizmo tells Billy. Uh, no, he tells Billy that one day he might be ready to become the creature's caretaker. The movie ends with Rand's voice telling viewers that if they had any unexplained electrical or mechanical problems, they should be alert for the gremlins. And then it ends and everybody laughs and goes, <laughs> Rand what the heck did I just watch. Rand. Rand is so silly. <laughs> I did like the the end there where he's like, it might just be a gremlin under might, your bed. It might just be a gremlin under your bed. And that's uh, like that's the voice he had. It didn't fit the town. It didn't even fit the the uh, his family. <laughs> like I was sitting right. there for like I felt so bad for his poor mom. I was like, man, she's still like, she's sticking in there with the inventions that are like, I mean, like the orange juice thing. It was just making the coffee thing. Oh, they were making such a mess all over the kitchen every day. Uh, I did think they were, you know, you you get it. Like after one scene of a bunch of failed gadgets around the house, you get it. The dad's has been in the inventing world. Dude sucks. Keep him out of the movie. Cut this movie down to an hour twenty. Where did he get two hundred dollars in his pocket to give? You know what he did. Billy. He, he did sell that one smokeless ashtray to that guy, though. He said, "Billy, can I borrow some money?" <laughs> Billy, do you mind you working I, at the bank? Do you mind if I can hold two hundred so I can get you a Christmas present <laughs> for all the nice things you've been doing for us and our family? So we got some uh, pretty good other podcasts coming up, don't we? Dude, we got a lot of good podcasts. Um, what do we got? Black phone. So stay tuned for all that. Yeah. Black phones got, uh, coming up. Black phones coming up. Yep. What's another one? We're gonna do the original Halloween. The which, original Halloween's the coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project. Yep, we got a Blair Witch Projects out there. Evil Dead might Man, be coming up. This is crazy. So we got some good ones on tap. Everybody, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Listen in. Blood and donuts. Subscribe.
That does it for this episode of Blood and Donuts. Thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stop by our YouTube channel, Blood and Donuts Podcast. Until next time, this has been Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. Thank <laughs> you.